This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today with you and our amazing guest, Denise Walsh. You're going to love her. If you were part of Make Space for Your Greatness last month, you probably got to meet her and already love her and already have worked with some of her amazing um, exercises. And they're now inside of Flow 365. And a lot of us are going to be working with all the greatness material this summer and using that extra laid back energy, beachy energy to really spend time leaning into our greatness. So if you want to meet Denise even further, you know where you can come find us. And let me think if I have anything else to share before I officially introduce Denise. So at the time of this episode going live, we have a one more free workshop in this series of workshops that I'm doing in honor of my birthday month. It's actually happening on June 1st. So the day after my birthday month. And we're going to be planning a project, or I would like to say kickstarting a project. So if you have something that you've been thinking you really want to do, maybe it's writing a book or doing your website or creating a sales funnel and all those things if you're an entrepreneur. Maybe you're a little bit more focused on home right now and you've been meaning to declutter your house or do a renovation of some sort, or you really want to travel, like there's something that you're wanting to do. Maybe you're you're trying to get more organized about homeschooling your kids or helping them with some process in their life. All these things are projects. And so often we put projects on our to-do list. And so I'm so excited, so excited about this workshop that we're going to have. It is going to be a very full three hours where you actually make your plan. So you're going to learn how to make plans in a new way. Like, and we are not boring. uh, Like all we're trying to do is create order and structure planners around here. We're really tapping into like, how do you make a plan that you actually follow through on because you're being appropriate to the season you're in and you're really acknowledging how you feel about it and you're getting excited about it. We're going to go through all that. And I have the most special guests coming on who some of you may know if you've been longtime listeners, but Megan Flat is coming on. She just next week is coming out with her book called Focus. And she's like, 
project planner extraordinaire. So she's going to come on in the middle for the middle hour and help us really break down our project. And I'm just, it's going to be so fun and it's free. And this is something that def- most definitely we could be charging a couple hundred dollars for. So come, bring your whole selves, make time for it. It's going to be amazing. And you can figure out how to sign up by going to plansimple.com. And there's a pop-up and a bar at the top. And by the way, if you're listening to this after June 1st, no worries, because usually we always have a workshop coming up. So you'll go check out our next workshop and you'll join us there. It's going to be so fun. All right. I love, I'm so excited to get on with Denise because when she was in Make Space for Your Greatness, she just came with no fluff and this like fire hose of amazing exercises to really help us lean into and figure out our dreams. And after that, I was like, I love that we did this and I need to hear the whole story. Like I need to understand you know, why, why all this and and how you got all this and and all the different things. So that's what we're going to do today. And we're really, we're going to really be talking about stress um, and the effect that chronic stress and multitasking have on us. And that can just be caused, like, even if you don't, we don't think of ourselves as stressed when we have like, I think Denise said 16 million plates spinning, which many of us feel like we do on a daily basis, especially at this time of year um, when this is going live, which happens to be the end of the school year for many of us. So when we have all these plates, even if we have a positive outlook on life, our body is experiencing some stress from the busyness. And that's what we're really going to unpack and look at in this episode. So Denise is a wife. She's a mama. She's a former clinical psychologist. She's a motivational speaker. And she's also happens to be a multi-million dollar entrepreneur. And she just has so much energy and smiles, and she has really done the work that she teaches, and I'm so excited that we get to meet her today. So with no further ado, let's get Denise on the show. Hello, Denise. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you here. It's funny because usually how this works is that I meet, like I have someone on the podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to have you at one of our events and you have to come teach. And we like are totally doing 100% the opposite because you just taught one of our programs and oh my gosh, everything you taught was so loved. And the planning sheets that were sort of your creation content wise, and then we put into our format, I have been noodling with for the past few weeks. They're so good, such good questions. So thank you. And yeah. I've literally made everyone taste lemons for the past three weeks. So just <laughs> Isn't that so good? <laughs> good? Yes, I gave yeah. them like a three hour workshop in one hour. So it yeah. was so much, but it was so good. I'm like, you all, you can just go back and pause. Well, anyone in our program at least can go back and pause and like just re-listen. There's like so many things in there. So will you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, about what it is that we talk a lot about, you know, the balance of work and motherhood and life. Will you tell us a little bit about what you balance? Yeah. So a bit about me. I am a former clinical psychologist. I got into the world of psychology after 
being a camp counselor. I worked for <laughs> I love that New York City for two summers and in Asheville, North Carolina for two summers. And it was working with the foster kids in New York City where I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I experienced what I call my spark, like the, you know, where it felt like in alignment, like this is it. And so I got my master's in clinical psychology and got my first job and felt like I was off to change the world and didn't take long to be tired, bored, burnt out, over, overworked, underpaid, all the things. And I had decisions to make, you know, do I figure out what would relight my spark? Do I like go like, do I make a change? I knew what it was like to love what I was doing, but this wasn't it. But, or do I stay? Because at least I understand it. And so needless to say, I got started in network marketing and online coaching, was able to quit my full-time job in 2010. So for the past, what, 13 years, we've been building a business online and I've been able to use my gifts and skills in a way that feels much more in alignment and allows me the balance, right? Of working from home. Yeah taking my boys to school, picking them up, being around and not having to juggle all the things yeah. that can sometimes be unrealistic to juggle. Yeah. How old are your boys right now? Owen is 12 and Eli is nine. So Got sixth it. grade and third grade. And we oh quit gosh, our so job funny. before Owen was born, which is just pretty unique. Yeah. That's amazing. It's funny. Cause I as well have been, I had my kids I was not working in corporate America for very long. I became an entrepreneur really quickly, except I was not a coach. I was a graphic designer. So I had scaled a graphic design firm and all three of my kids were sort of born into that. And same thing though, is like at some point, even though it was my own thing, I like it, I figured out how to make it not the most spark filled thing. And, you know, I needed a switch, but same thing. It's so there was an element of balance always that I am so grateful for. And I know would not have been there had I been, you know, working a not really no job is nine to five. So like more like an eight to seven or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm so for grateful sure. for that. I All right. So brain space is probably one of the most important commodities, you know? Ooh, you can't just leave that. All right. I had a question, but now you have to keep going. Tell us about brain space because I feel like that's actually the most important thing. I feel like that's actually why I do what I do is to help people create brain space, you know, like yeah. times brain space. And it's a really hard thing to explain because I feel like the results of creating brain space are almost so quantum in terms of like what they create in your life that it's like, it's not part of a paradigm that we have. So I want to hear your take on it that. It's kind of hard to market. Like it's not just about the car, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember feeling so grateful because I wasn't in chronic stress. So when my kids were you know, younger and in freak out mode or, you know, grouchy and dinner time or nap time or whatever. I remember, and there were times, don't get me wrong, because building a business isn't like stress-free, but I remember being able to like sit down and like look at them in the eye and communicate in a way where I felt like if I was working my full-time job, I can imagine it would be harder to have the space to be Yeah, because I would have all of these tabs open in my head and I'd feel all this pressure and responsibilities and all these things. Yeah. And it impacts every area of your life. 
Yeah. And it's funny because I actually want to get into like abundance in the sense of money at some point in this show. But I was just listening to a podcast yesterday. The name will remain unspoken, but I was listening to a podcast yesterday and it's somebody who I like dearly love her podcast. And she was talking about this idea of sort of wealth and what money can buy. And one of her examples was that when you have wealth, you know, you're not like so tight with your time when your kids are little that you do have that space to like, you know, not freak out and tantrum. But it's interesting because for anyone with little kids, it doesn't end. (laughs) I think we think that it's going to end, but you know, teenagers have their version of tantrums and sometimes they're actually more work because we have, they're like more mental than they are you know, physical. And we had one of those in my house, which listeners here know, but one of my daughters had a really hard mental health moment during the beginning of the pandemic. And so it was at a time where any resources that we do have in our house, like any help, we didn't have because it was the pandemic. We were like all stuck at home, right? So there wasn't that. But like through creating space for myself, I was actually able to like have that space for her in a way that I don't think I ever had before because I was working really hard. You know, that was like my number one focus. And it really was the space. It had nothing to do with the cleaners. It had nothing to do with like meal prepping and planning like normal because it was at the time when like you couldn't touch your groceries, you know, like it was like, you know, at that weird moment, like it didn't have to do with any of the things that I had thought were giving me space before. And so I think that that's just so important that this idea of really creating that time, which is such a luxury. I love it. It's important to hear that it's not about all the things on your to-do list because you probably, you know, we still had to clean our house, even though it was COVID, (laughs) we just didn't have help. (laughs) And we still had to meal plan, but those things took a back seat. Yeah. And we figured out how to make that space. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. So the question I was going to ask before you threw in that little nugget of that gem was about stress. Like I was going to start us with stress. So will you like as a coach, as a social worker, you do train coaches and you train them in a way that's trauma informed. So will you tell us about stress and the effects that that's having right now on us? (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like in this day and age, We have 16 million plates all spinning in the air and they're all important. And when that happens, you know, none of it's really important and they all fall down. But what happens is we're living in what's called chronic stress. And it's the idea of multitasking. It's the idea of, you know, doing all these things at the same time. And when you're in chronic stress or when you're living in fight or flight mode, which could be triggered through a trauma or just like tricky relationships. You know, it's hard to live in the world of dreams if you're living in the world of drama. So addiction or domestic violence. That's a good one. Or, you know, relationship strife, gaslighting, all that kind of stuff that creates confusion impacts our body. And it pulls us into fight or flight mode, also known as the sympathetic nervous system. And it increases our heart rate, blood goes from our brain to our limbs, and we aren't thinking as clearly. We have shallow breath. We're not sleeping as well. Our thoughts are like in our mind, kind of have that monkey mind of our thoughts going all over the place, typically about the past or the future, not necessarily about what's happening now. And we can live in that space, which raises cortisol and impacts our hormones. And, you know, it has a cascading effect. Yes. And when we live there, that's when we really truly burn out physically, mentally, emotionally. 
and our bodies just don't work as well anymore. And so what we try to do, and I know you do this in your program too, is to get our bodies and our nervous system back in sync. So yeah. we're in rest and digest mode. Our body is working well. Our nervous system is working well and is not in freak out mode, which then allows everything else to be at more peace as well. Yeah. I love that. And it's funny because so far, I feel like you've shared the idea of creating like space in your day, the idea of really paying attention to your nervous system and where it's at. And neither of, I mean, both of those things, I mean, they take not a huge amount of time, but they do take some focus, you know, within a day and they're not our to-do list items, right? Yet they affect them. They're not part of those spinning plates at all. And so it's always interesting to me that we have this like mindset that like, okay, if we could just like get everything on that plate off and out of spinning mode. And then, you know, that's what our to-do list is. And it's manic. It's like, it's not helpful. No, I was experiencing, you know, the, at the kind of top of our career game, we hit the top of our company in 2015. And, you know, everyone was like, tell me what you did. What's your secret? You're a fly on our wall, you know, or I was yeah. a fly on your wall or whatever. <laughs> And so that's why I wrote my books because I was like, I can't just answer you in a Facebook message. And the reality was it wasn't about what I did. It was about the being before the doing. Yes. So when I was doing, I was in alignment with it. I had extreme belief. I was like 100% connected to what I was doing because of the being stuff. I feel like yeah. that happened before. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about that because I feel like you know, one of the steps in your process is really understanding what it is that you want and what your dreams are. And I personally am a like, that was my escape mechanism always since I was a little girl was to dream. So I've learned more tools sort of in my adult life. And as a coach, you know, more about making those dreams more active and part of my life. And I do hear from so many people, our listeners very much included, for whom dreaming is not part of what's happening because there's just not the space for it. Or, you know, someone at some point when a little kid was born was like, you know, when they're two, when they're three, when they're four, you know, it's like, there's never time. And so we lose the practice. Mm -hmm. So will you like, what would be your advice for someone who's like, well, it's interesting. Cause it's like, you said that you really wanted to get to the top of your company. So I feel like a lot of people can maybe have something like that, but it's like, how do you really want it? I guess that's my question. Cause I know you have, you probably have so much insights about the difference between throwing something out there and it being something that you can really grab onto and move toward. Right. So the first thing I want to share is a lot of people that I work with will tell me, Denise, I don't even know my favorite color. How yes. am I, <laughs> how do I even know what to dream about, you know? And so we do create the space you can hear from yourself again. And again, it's yeah. not hard. It's not rocket science, but it's intentionality. And so quieting that monkey mind, getting out of fight or flight, so you can hear your heart. Like all of those things are a piece to the puzzle. That's where your morning routine comes in. That's where the journaling comes in. That's where meditation comes in. You know, you're kind of quieting your mind. And so the first question is, what do I want, right? What do I really yeah. want? What's important to me? And there's a ton of exercises in the workbook that you yeah. guys have that you can work yeah. through those questions. But I think what's fascinating is what you said is we can say, oh, I want a million dollars or, oh, Oh, I want yeah. this. And that's not necessarily the thing that's going to take us there. 
The thing that's going to take us there is the belief in what you really want. So I tell people, if you say, I want to live in a mansion and your heart says, yeah, right, then maybe that's not the goal for you right now. Maybe the goal is to, you know, have your own starter home, like step one. Maybe a mansion's still on your dream board. That's fine. But what you want is to have a step that you get so stinking excited about and that you believe is possible because we want your head and your heart to be in alignment. So that means, let's say you're making 5,000 a month right now. Let's say, all right, your next step is 8,000 a month. All right, what do I need to do to reverse engineer that? Do I believe that it's possible? Why do I want the 8,000 a month? What is that going to do for me and my family? How is that going to bless those in my life? You know, you're getting deeper into just this, like, I mean, if I had, I would want peanut butter to have zero calories. That would be great. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not powder. Yeah. The powder of zero calories. You manifested it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's so funny. I never thought of that. <laughs> but it's, it's less about this, like, Ooh, when I do this exercise, oftentimes people will tell me I want world peace and I'm like, great. And what can you put in your calendar? So it's really yeah. about gaining that clarity, but then also connecting it to your heart space and to it's meaningful to you. It's something you're excited about and you can emotionally connect with where it is that you're going. Yeah, I love that. And I actually think world peace is a great example. I happen to have two teenagers who want to save the world and the environment. And it's really interesting. You know, they grew up in this house, so they get a lot of this and they're teenagers living in a very mainstream situation. And it's just interesting to me always like, how the fight to want to make something better is so out of alignment with that, like that everything is going to be better energy, right? So it's like, great, right. if you can't solve the whole world's, you know, global problems right now, like, what can you do in our house? How can you put the, you know, apple core in a different place? Or, you know, they are really good at that. I always throw things in the trash instead of in the compost. So like, instead of getting mad, just like put my banana peel in the compost, you know, like it's like, and I think we forget that a lot of times our passion can be different than like the good feeling passion that you're saying we want to create this. Yeah, that is fascinating to think about like this purpose driven, now I'm a fighter, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which could have good intentions, but isn't necessarily making the ripple effect that we're really looking for. Yeah, it's so super cool to think about. Okay, so we dream, we spend time dreaming, we spend time really aligning with the feeling of that dream. You alluded to like practices and I didn't interrupt you then, but I would love to go back to that because I feel like everything you said, journaling, meditating, I forget what the other thing you said, something else too, but morning routine, I guess is what you said. Uh huh. Yeah. I feel like all those things could be like when they're in support of what you're exactly what you're talking about, they have one energy. And when they're 105th thing on your to-do list, they have another energy. So will you talk a little bit about how to integrate them? Like, is it just understanding that they have a greater purpose? Like, what do you tell your people about that? Yeah. So I have several journals. And so in my program, I send everybody a journal and then we have a habit tracker. So it's part of your morning routine, just to spend yeah. 15 to 30 minutes in your journal. And at first, 
And of course, because we have to create a strategy around it. We're not just yeah. going to randomly, magically start doing it. So usually I say, all right, what time of day? What's your game plan? Are you going to have to wake up early? Like, what does this really look like? And if you wake up early, you probably have to go to bed earlier. Like, let's really think through this because it's not going to happen on its own. And so once they do start adding 15 to 30 minutes of journaling, which includes a gratitude game. So gratitude, like we're raising our vibration, right? Yes. Always get what we're looking for. So we want to shift what we're looking for. It has a space for meditation and just being quiet and still. And it has a place for writing and kind of getting things moving throughout your system. And at first people will might have a little bit of hesitation or like, ah, is this helpful at all? Right. Yeah. But eventually, even within two weeks, they'll say, I can tell a difference between the days that I journal and the days that I don't. And the days that I don't journal, I'm in this fight or flight mode. Probably didn't journal because they woke up late and you know they're, they're running out the door or whatever the case may be, but they don't, they're going through their day with this chaotic energy versus the days that they're journaling and they're able to get out of fight or flight or get out of monkey mind and into their heart space, which just makes their day, even no matter what comes up, because it's not like life doesn't happen. It still will. But when it does, they're able to handle it and move through it much faster without the roller coaster ride. And even within those first two weeks, those who maybe weren't sold on journaling at the beginning will physically notice a difference and feel how it impacts their day. And then it will domino effect. And they'll, instead of listening to the radio on the way to work, they'll listen to a podcast. And then instead of watching TV at night, they'll read a book or they'll go for a walk. And so it like it domino effects and impacts other small choices that are made throughout the day, but are giving life back to them. Yeah, I love that. And do you recommend with journaling just whatever comes up? It's just about getting it out of your head and onto paper. Is that your... Yeah. In my journal, you journal about the gratitude game piece, and then you can just reflect. And that's like a brain dump. And so it could be about what's happening right now. Some people are like, I don't know. just This is weird. And so I'll just say, describe your day, describe what you're doing that day, describe what you did yesterday, describe your current family dynamics or whatever, and allow things to bubble up because you'll be surprised on what dreams, desires, et cetera, bubble up with just that free flowing. Do you have any recommendations for if, because so I've done for a long time, I did the morning pages of just like three pages. And what I notice in that for anyone who hasn't done it, it's like you just wake up and write three pages. And what happens quite naturally, I think, and in those I've talked to is that it starts off kind of negative. Well, it starts off kind of like, what the hell am I doing? Like, (laughs) I have nothing to say. And you just write, you know, you keep writing and then it gets negative. And then sort of over time, like the gratitude energy starts pulling through. But like, is there any response or reason to fear the negative coming out when you're journaling? I guess that's my like, or do you want to turn it around after you get it out? Yeah. What do you do when this sort of more stressful stuff comes out? Well, I think the answer is usually both and, right? So we don't want to, you know, as a therapist, I would say, get it all out, girl, like get it out of your body. (laughs) You don't want it to be trapped in there, but we don't want to stay there or live there. And so you can certainly talk about what you're frustrated about or what you wish were different or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I also want you to talk about what you want. And I want you to write about what you want, what you want life to look like, what you're grateful for, all of those little things, because we get what 
we expect, we get what we're looking for. And if we stay in that grouchy attitude, then we're going to get more of that grouchy attitude. And so if you find yourself there, that's okay. Move through it. But I would recommend ending with the things you desire. Mm. And I often even just say thank you. You know, thank you for the client showing up in my business. Thank you for the, you know, the next right opportunity or connection. You know, thank you for these things that I'm looking for and that I'm desiring. And what I find is that it shifts my reticular activating system and I'm like looking for, and then I find more of the things that I want. Yeah, I love that. So good. Oh my gosh. So can you explain or maybe even just examples in your own life or clients or other people that this work for, like, because you've sort of explained, you've explained the process and also sort of shown us how really being leads to doing, you know, and get being in alignment leads to sort of maybe better, is that the right word, action or, you know, more aligned action that will probably have better results. So what is that? Like, can you give like tangible examples of what that looks like, just so people can imagine like what would happen if they were all, you know, crazy energies and all this plates were spinning and they take action versus they do this and they take action. Right. So let's use the action of following up with leads. Now, I know that not everybody's an entrepreneur. And so this might not necessarily make sense to everybody. Following up with someone. Yeah, yeah. Following up with leads, you know, following up. If you're in a chaotic energy and you're following up with leads or you don't have that deep rooted belief, what I find happens is it can be like, do you maybe sort of kind of want to do this thing with me? It's kind of cool. I hope you'll like it. See you. Bye. (laughs) And so whether you're too busy to even listen, or you're a bit insecure and waffling, it doesn't translate as well. Versus somebody who's solid in rest and digest, meaning they're like sitting in peace. They have firm belief that this is the best thing since sliced bread. They are going to follow up with someone and they're going to go, you are going to love this. I would love to work with you. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that I can support you in hitting your goal. Yeah. It's just a different energy than somebody who's going to go because leads can feel it. People can feel it. You know, I can feel if somebody's in freak out mode and then yes. they want to bring me into their world. I'm like, I eh, no, thank you. So I think that the translation of what you're doing just goes so much better when you are in the best spot you can be. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love that you use that example because then this is going to bring me to a question, which I didn't even know I had today, but we, can we talk about network marketing? Can we yeah, just like, for sure. Yes. So I feel like it's like some people, well, some people hate it. Some people like love it. I personally have had a product that I love. So I share that all the time, but not in a business sense for people listening who are looking for like a dreamy transition into something. I always felt like it was a good middle ground of entrepreneurship, but then also I feel like, you know, some people make it to the top and some people don't. And I don't, I can't explain why, (laughs) except that maybe we just did with all the energy stuff. And I feel like everyone listening has had friends reach out to them. So will you just tell us like when those people reach out to us, like we should probably all pay attention, (laughs) but (laughs) tell us. Well, I agree. Network marketing was a good intro into entrepreneurship. And when I got started, I was a clinical psychologist. I was not a business person. I was not a salesperson. And I even asked my husband, should I go back to school for business? (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like, no. (laughs) 
And so for me, it was a way to have my toe into entrepreneurship without all the overhead, without the cost of figuring out shipping and creating a product because the company has the product, they ship, they have customer service, you know, they take care of the tech side and the website and all of that stuff. So I just had to be the salesperson, which was enough for me to learn. Like that was a big enough leap to begin with. So in network marketing, you really learn how to work with people and how to get them to take action. And so I found that, I mean, there's certainly, I'm sure things like timing of the company or all those types of things that can make a difference, but I found those that learned or desired to learn sales, marketing, networking, like helping people become their best self really did have a good experience, whether their goal was $500 a month or $50,000 a month. Well, and if you think about it, even if you maybe don't succeed in the money you want, it's still somewhat of a free business education. So if the thought is, should I go back to business school or do I listen to all these people train me on how to market and sell and make images and how to reach out to people and, you know, how to do that? Most, I find that most network marketing or the ones I guess that I have seen, you know, are very aware of, you know, not being salesy, not being spammy, like wanting to create culture that's, you know, And what I found too, is it truly was a community. So you as a solopreneur are walking into a community of like-minded solopreneurs who are learning and trying to do the same thing. So there was a lot of team calls and events and things where you could learn. And so a lot of our people came in burnt out, tired, stressed, but knew they didn't want to stay that way. And so- They got introduced to the world of personal development. They were surrounded by a community who wanted them to be successful. And truly when they found those, I just feel like there was a lot of people who finally felt accepted for the first time, and so to speak, and their walls came down and they really started to grow. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm glad I asked that question. So, and right now you sometimes work with network marketers, but it's not necessarily around your company or you're doing both. Yeah. So I'm working with any leaders in the industry yeah. as well yeah. as beyond. So I'm working with anybody who, so I, what I find, right, is that people get into the helping professions, nurses, teachers, daycare workers, all of these things because they love people and they come out hating people. Just kidding. They come out burnt out. The system has sucked their soul dry. And so as a dream life coach, they're able to offer value to the world in a new and refreshing way at that. And so whether they already have a team in network marketing, or maybe they're a nurse that's looking to find a new way to add value those yeah. are the types of people I work yeah, with. Yeah, I love that you do that because the two experiences that I sort of like, I feel like I witnessed them from the sideline. <laughs> like I've been to the big events, like I've done the things, but for some reason, yeah. So anyway, so I feel like I was witnessing a little bit. And what I did notice was so much of what you just said was built in. And there was this piece that I knew existed from our entrepreneur world that you and I are involved in that I felt like was missing from those companies of just like, you know, what are just like the current marketing situations? Like how are they a little bit different than the system that the company created or whatever? So I think that what you do is so powerful because it's a little more high level. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And the funny thing is network marketing needs to be duplicatable. Yeah. So they teach what most people can learn quickly so they can experience success quickly so they don't quit within the first month. But we know that online marketing is a little bit different than that. Social media marketing, building funnels, all of those types of things are a long game. And so that's one reason why they're not taught in network marketing from my experience. Yeah. And then you get to this level that you got to (laughs) that needs like probably a whole different thing that's not the duplicatable part. 
Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So tell people how to find you. What's the best way to keep in touch? I am active on Facebook and Instagram. So the Denise Walsh on Facebook and Instagram. I'm starting, I have a new podcast that I will be launching next month Yay. called Coaching for Coaches because, you know, I feel like leaders need to be led and coaches need to be coached. And we want a place to come together to refill our cup so we can go better serve our clients. And so Coaching for Coaches is going to support the budding or established truly Oh, I love that. leader who so fun. wants to level up the value they're adding to their people. So that'll be coming out next month. Oh, so cool. We're like coming to time and I'm like, oh my gosh, the one thing I didn't ask her was about, because she likes 90 days as much as I like 90 days. <laughs> Let's end with that. What's your favorite thing yeah. about 90 days versus a year or whatever? Yeah. 90 days is a great, like, I really think you can do a lot in 90 days versus like, you know, three weeks. Although I know they say three weeks is what makes a habit. 90 days yep. is what truly can solidify it. You can make a lot of shifts yeah. in 90 days. And if it's too long, it can feel like we won't even get started because we'll feel yeah. like it's too far away. Yeah, and I feel like you can commit for 90 days, Yes, right? Like there's something about a year where I'm like, do I really want to commit to this for a year? <laughs> but it's like right. 90 days, like you kind of know. Yeah. It feels tangible. Like I can do it yet. It's long enough to actually see a change. Yeah. I love it. All right. So we're both very big proponents of 90 days. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for being here today. I just feel like whenever you speak, there's like all these nuggets, you're like always full of nuggets (laughs) and we will tell everybody as well how to get the talk you gave because it was so good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is how change happens. But here's the thing. Often we feel like our actions have to be huge to match the bigness of our desires. But we have seen over and over and over again with our clients and I've seen in my own life that the little things really do add up. So that's why we choose three doable changes so that you can stay in motion, you can create momentum, and by stacking up a series of doable changes, you will create that big change that you crave. So we always choose three, not so that you have to do every single one of them every week, but actually so that you can choose the one, the one that really resonates with you this week, and you can really make it part of your life. So here are three doable changes from my chat with Denise. Number one, journal every morning. Just decide how you will make 15 to 30 minutes of journaling happen. Will you get up a little earlier? Do you need to go to bed earlier to make that happen? Really make a plan. Think about how you can make that time happen. Start with the smaller increment. Have your journal ready. Maybe when you wake up, you write about your dreams or your desires. I have to tell you that if you're going to write about your dreams, you got to do that right away. That's something I've been practicing myself over the past few months. And literally, if I wait 10 minutes, I totally forget what happened the night before. You could also write what you're grateful for. All these things help really shift your mindset. All right, number two, practice quieting your mind. Journaling may help you quiet your mind by getting ideas out of your head and onto paper. Meditation is also a great way to quiet the mind. 
And both of these are practices. So even if it feels like it isn't working in the moment, see what happens when you stick with it just for five minutes, two minutes, right? Not, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It's about the practice. It's about starting. Try paying attention to your breath. Or one of the things we love around here is a meditation app like Insight Timer and using that to help gamify the process of quieting your mind. All right, number three, make your dream meaningful. Once you quiet your mind and find your dream, make it meaningful. Ask yourself, why do I want this? What is it going to do for me and my family to have this or be this way? How is it going to bless those in my life? Does your dream feel attainable? If not, what version of your dream does? Really find your dream, imagine your dream, be in your dream, and this will help you take those little steps to get toward your dream. All right, those are our doable changes from this episode. Again, just choose one, journaling every morning, quieting your mind with meditation, or spending time practicing making your dream feel really meaningful to you. All right, that's what we got for today. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day. 